0: Try to imagine the last of the twelve disciples, an old man about to die. He tries to encourage the young churches, but he is anxious about the day when there will be no one left who has seen the Lord. This was how the church viewed the disciple John, son of Zebedee and Salome, and the one thought to have been the authority behind, if not the author of, the Jehanan canon which includes the gospel, epistles, and the revelation of John. He was the last survivor, the last eyewitness, who included in his gospel the last beatitude of Jesus. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. It is clear he keenly felt the need for convinced and convincing witnesses. Thomas Carlyle once said that what every church needs is someone who knows God at more than second-hand. One significant and sometimes overlooked way in which we can know God more than second-hand has been shown to us by our Savior, and it is through the lesson of today's gospel, the sharing of wounds, yes, wounds. There's a large Roman Catholic Church in San Jose, California, called the Church of the Five Wounds. It's a popular Portuguese-speaking church, and the name refers to the five wounds Jesus received at the crucifixion. Two in his hands, two in his feet, and one in his side. In the 20th chapter of the Gospel of John, we have a graphic story of those wounds. Jesus miraculously appears to a group of frightened disciples. Let's take a moment and imagine their astonishment. They must have been feeling so discouraged, having let down their Lord in so many ways, and at the same time, feeling let down by Him, who had died in such an ignominious way. And then, despite the closed door, He is suddenly there, in the midst, bidding them peace. Then Jesus opens his wounded hands, and he shows them his side, and they recognize their teacher and master. The point of the story is that they know him by his wounds. They recognize him by those marks, and Jesus seemed to know that those marks would reveal him to his disciples. In many ways, it is by our wounds that we recognize one another, although it may not seem so at first. Our character is in large part what we have made with the slings and arrows life has dealt us. So in part we know one another by our wounds, and whether we are healed or remain broken is what we have made of our injuries. The Gospel tells us that Thomas is not with the disciples at this time, and later questioned the appearance, saying, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Thomas seemed to be the kind of person who liked facts and operated accordingly. Eight days later Jesus appeared to the disciples again and says to Thomas Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Jesus invites Thomas to touch his wounds, even intimately, and in doing so, Thomas recognizes Jesus and says those convinced and convincing words, My Lord and my God. Not long ago, I heard once more a tragic but common story, that of an apparently successful person who had committed suicide. The person had told no one of his deep and abiding despair, He was unable to share his wounds, and no one had thought to reach in and share their own with him. Ultimately, he was consumed by his hurts, rather than being healed. The sharing of our wounds enables us to heal. It also helps others to heal when they know we have suffered likewise. To share wounds need not be morbid. It can be the way that we bear one another's burdens, and so can facilitate healing. In fact, those most able to heal others know intimately of human suffering. Henry Nouwen calls them wounded healers. Jesus suffered. We ignore his suffering and our own, at our own expense. He suffered in the desert when he was tempted. He wept at the death of his friend, Lazarus. And finally he was humiliated, beaten, mocked, and physically tortured to death in the crucifixion. He knows our sorrows and our wounds. He has been there. He knows the sorrow of love betrayed, of friendship lost. He knows of unjust people in high places, of the valuing of money over human life. He knows the sins of racism and sexism, the pain of those persecuted unjustly, because of their heritage or orientation. He knows the hypocrites who posture as religious leaders and those who prefer possessions to the kingdom of God. He knows our sorrows. He has felt them. But we live in a nation with a dominant culture that hides its wounds, that conceals tragedy, that prefers to present a happy face when sorrow and grief are in order. Alan Jones writes of an ancient legend in which the devil tries to get into heaven by pretending to be the risen Christ. Disguised and decked out in light and splendor, he arrives at heaven's gate with a band of demons dressed as angels of light. He shouts out the words of the psalm, Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. The angels in heaven are delighted and respond in the psalm's refrain, Who is the King of Glory? Satan boldly spread his arms wide and says, I am. But in doing so, he reveals that there are no marks on his hands. The angels see he is an imposter, and the gates of heaven slam shut against him. If we are going to live real, authentic lives, we know we have wounds. We have felt things. Love, joy, hurt, pain, and we have suffered if we've grown, for suffering and healing are part of human growth. Each of us is made in the image of God, and sometimes that image is hanging from a cross. In the child's book, The Velveteen Rabbit, the wise old skin horse tells the Velveteen Rabbit the secret to becoming real. It doesn't happen all at once. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't often happen to people who break easily or have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off And your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all, because once you are real, you can't be ugly, except to people who don't understand. Real people have wounds and they share them with others in helping them to be healed, to find faith again. All of us can be wounded healers or we can hide our wounds, try to present an unreal image to the world until despair sabotages us with the truth. Our wounds are the marks of our growth and change. When we share our wounds, we act in the faith that there is meaning in suffering and that God is acting in our history, individually and corporately. The message that the risen Christ brought to the disciples on Easter morning is that each body, wounds and all, is bound for glory. But each of us needs to get in shape for glory, to practice resurrection. And part of practicing resurrection is sharing our wounds. Remember, it was wounds that enabled the disciples to know the risen Christ. Wounds can help us to find the Christ in others and in ourselves. When we share our wounds, when we trust that they have meaning when we strive to be real, authentic people, when we practice resurrection, then we find that Christ is with us, not a second-hand knowledge of God, but the living God of Easter. Amen.